I'm very thankful to all of you, the members and uh, the pastors, the leadership team of this church. You are all supporting GAIN for the last uh, few years. In the last one year, we conducted over uh, four overseas medical missions through which we could medically help 8,114 people, of which 2,626 people prayed to receive Christ. And about 1,300 people were followed up and directed to churches in the Philippines, Cambodia, and uh, India. We also made uh, 12 deep water wells in Africa, which gave much drink needed drinking water to more than 1, uh, 12,000 people in the surrounding villages and opened the way for the living, people to find the living water through Jesus. Gain is a ministry of compassion. And today I am happy to talk about the great compassion as part of our series of messages on missional living. Let's look into how Jesus taught us compassion through a very familiar story from the book of Luke. Love is a word most beautiful, but most misused and misquoted throughout the world. Jesus showed love and compassion in a different way. You may have heard a story about a pitiful man who was in serious financial difficulty. At that time, his fiance broke off their engagement and that broke his tender heart. After a few weeks, he received a letter of apology expressing their desire for reconciliation from his ex-fiancee. The letter reads like this. Dearest Jimmy, no words could ever express the great unhappiness I have felt since breaking our engagement. Please say you will take me back. No one could ever take your place in my heart. So please forgive me. I love you. I love you. I love you. Yours forever, Lisa. Then in bracket it says, by the way, congratulations on winning the OS Lotto. <laughs> it is not this kind of love that Jesus showed. Compassion is sacrificial love without expecting anything back. Going out of your way to help the needy person, even when they do not deserve it or they are not in a position to ask help. In Luke 10, chapter 10, verse 25 to 37, Jesus narrated a story of the real compassion by a Samaritan. It reads like this. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have answered rightly, 
do this and you will live. But he, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Then Jesus answered and said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a certain priest came down that road and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, He who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. Today, I would like us to take a walk through this story and see what truths we can glean from it. I hope that will encourage us to examine our own lives as we seek to serve Christ and to display his message of love to a lost, skeptical, and hurting world. This story, about, this story is about compassion and indifference, a contrast between a desire to relieve suffering versus a lack of concern. Throughout the Bible, love and compassion are often emphasized as two of the highest expressions of God's character that as we, God's people, should display to the rest of the world. Why there is such emphasis throughout the scripture on being compassionate even to those who might not deserve it? Well, let's step through the response of Jesus to the lawyer as he begins to reveal what is meant by the words neighbor and uh, compassion. At the beginning of the story, we have a man going from Jerusalem to Jericho. The distance between Jerusalem and Jericho is about 25, 26 kilometers. And Jerusalem is about uh, 2,500 feet above sea level and uh, Jericho 800 feet below sea level. Hence, there is a steep incline between the two towns. And it also was a treacherous journey because of the rocky terrain with the possibility of robbers hiding there. And in verse 30, we read, Jesus said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Jesus simply says, a certain man it is likely that the victim was just an average, ordinary Jewish guy. No one of standing or distinction. But this man is robbed and wounded and left for dead. And as this unknown victim lay beside the road, a series of three people come along the way. Here is what I first want to make a first observation about Jesus' 
uh, view about compassion. Compassion is based on need, not on perceived worth of the person. The first passerby is uh, introduced in verse 30 when a certain priest came down that road and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. This is one of the most shocking aspects of this parable when Jesus told it. The priest was considered the holiest person. There was there among the Jews. And he was taught scriptures. He was interested with offering sacrifices for the sins of the people. If anyone is going to reflect the character of God, it would be the priest. But when these three saw the victim, he crossed to the other side of the road. He went out of his way to avoid the sin or helping. The second passerby is a Levite. When he arrived at the place, came and looked and also passed by on the other side. These first two people probably are not bad people. They just didn't want to get involved. They are already people, nice people. They saw the need right in front of them but did not do anything about it. If God were here to show compassion based on our worth instead of our need, how much kindness would we receive from him? Yet he shows compassion to us every day. Matthew 5, 45 says, He causes his son to rise on evil and the good. He sends rain on the righteous and unrighteous. We'll also read Matthew verse 5, uh, chapter 5, verse 44. Maybe let us read that verse together. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. In the process of confirming to the image of his Son, God commands us to show compassion to the world that often does not reserve it. Let's look to the, some of the characteristics of compassion. Compassion feels something. Here we read, but a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. The Samaritan saw the half-dead man beside the road, and his heart stirred within him, so that he could not pass by without doing something. That's the way compassion affects us. It stirs us, it troubles us, it keeps us awake at night until we do something. The third thing we learn from, about compassion is compassion does something. Jesus explained how this man's active compassion was in Luke chapter 10, verse 34. If you like to underline verse in your Bible, you may want to underline this. Talking about the Samaritan, the Bible says, he went to him, which took intention. He planned to do that. He bandaged his wounds, which took effort. He poured oil and wine on his wounds, which took resources. He put him on his animal, which took the pain. Probably he was walking with that. He brought him to an inn, which took money. Nothing comes free here. He took care of him, which took time. In every one of these acts, he demonstrated compassion 
in an unselfish way. This portion of the story reminds me of John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. For God so loved the world, he did something about our problem by giving which was precious to him. Now as individuals, we may not be able to help everyone everywhere. But you can all do a meaningful work of service for someone who comes across your path in life. We may help more people by supporting or joining organizations like GAIN. We as Christians are called to serve. God uses us as his representative to show compassion. You never know how God can use one person's act of compassion to influence, to inspire, or to change the hearts of many people. Let me give you one example of what happened once a person consumed both a heart of after God and a compassion for others. Henry Dunant was born in 1828 in Switzerland. Dunant was a caring, compassionate Christian young man who cared for the sick and poor. As a young man, he established an organization in Switzerland called the Young Men's Christian Union, designed to help teenage boys. When he became an adult, he went into business of his own and did very well. One day he had an appointment with Napoleon, whose armies were at war in Italy. Dunant traveled to Italy to meet Napoleon, but on the way he passed through the latest battlefield and saw the atrocities of war. He looked at bayonets and guns rusting in the mud. He saw the bodies of 40,000 soldiers. Most of them were dead, but some were still alive. He heard their cries of agony and pain. Dunan couldn't turn away from that. He went to the nearest town and persuaded the townspeople to turn to the church, a church into first aid station. He persuaded citizens to help him. They took stretchers and they went out to the battlefield and brought the wounded people there. He worked side by side with the doctors for three weeks, ministering to the wounds and their needs. Dunan finally went home, but he couldn't forget what he had experienced. So he started writing to all the influential people worldwide. and in various nations. Finally, one day in Geneva, Switzerland, in front of an international gathering, he presented a resolution that we all know as Geneva Convention, signed by 22 nations, granting immunity to doctors, nurses, and ambulances, so that they could go into the battlefield and bring back the wounded and dying without fearing of being shot. They adopted their symbol, the Red Cross, upon a white background. Today, wherever we have floods or calamities, wars, there is a Red Cross. Henry Dunant, the founder of the Red Cross, received the first ever Nobel Peace Prize. 
It all happened because one person loved the Lord and could not go without doing something. Compassion caused something. It is much cheaper to be indifferent. We can keep all our money, time, and resources by ignoring the needs of others. But compassion costs the Samaritan something. And if you are a Christian, it will cost you something to serve the needs of those around you. Sometimes it may cost a lot. Our lives are a message to the world around us about the love of God. And it says in Matthew 5, 16, let your light shine upon uh, shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. What are you and I willing to do? What are we willing to risk to obey God, to show God's love and compassion to others? My final point today is compassion demonstrates our relationship to God. At the conclusion of the story, Jesus asked the lawyer one question. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And this story is not about how to earn eternal life. It is about what flows out of someone who has eternal life. Good works are not the way to get into heaven, but they are evidence to the world of who we are. They are expressions of our love to God who has forgiven us and still loves us. They are signed to the world around us, testifying the truth of our messages. They are genuine expression of our love to others. When you show compassion, God takes care of your needs too. In Psalms 41, we read about the blessings of those who consider the poor. This is a Psalm of David. It reads like this, chapter 41, uh, Psalms 41, verse 1 to 3. Blessed is he who considers the poor. The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. The Lord will preserve him and keep him alive. And he will be blessed on the earth. You will not deliver him to the wills of his enemies. The Lord will strengthen him on his bed of illness. You will sustain him on his sickbed. When, go, when you consider the poor, means be compassionate to the poor. God promises to bless you as you see in Psalms 41. What a great promise. The great compassion is what God shown to us by giving his son to die for our sins. While we are at sinners, we are ungodly. We didn't even deserve any mercy and compassion, but he loved us and died for us. As the musicians coming up to lead us in singing praises to our Lord, let me ask you two questions. If any of us here today do not know Jesus in a personal way, today Jesus is calling you to bestow his love and compassion. Please do not go without accepting him by opening your heart to Jesus. 
those of us who received Jesus as our Savior and Lord, show compassion to the people around you. As a sign of compassion we receive from the God. To be God's arms, God's feet, and God's voice to a lost and dying generation. The world needs good Samaritans who are willing to help spread the love of God. Honestly, we may be the only Bible that some people ever read. God asks us to use our time, talents, and treasures to reach out to the lost world so that they may believe through our words and our deeds that the God we love has a loving message for them too. Let's celebrate the great compassion and demonstrate it to the world around us. Let's pray.